Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. And often it's in those life learnings as well that's, that's more valuable. I think that, um, like I said before, many of the stories were so personal mm. and people talked about relationships, they talked about work, they talked about things they weren't happy with and mistakes that they've made. And that's not from the, you know, the actual topic of conversation about civil engineering. That's just about their life. And I think that was really powerful as well for me. Those are the wise words of Chris Hope. Chris is the co-founder, chief barista and CEO at the 100 Coffee Movement. Big thanks to previous guest Tina Quek for referring Chris to come on the show. The 100 Coffee Movement exists to help people, organizations and communities build healthy connections. In the midst of a global pandemic, you might find these words from their website resonant. We've never been more connected, yet more isolated. We want to change that. Before we get started, a quick shout out to our Patreon family, including, and a big thank you to, Jules, Levi, Sue, Tanvir, Sally, McCartan, Stuart, Joel, Misha Times 2, Bonnie, Olivia, Lyndon, Joe, B, and Will. Thanks, guys, for your kind support. It makes a massive difference. This amazing group helps me to shape the direction of the podcast through their advice, ideas, guest referrals, and ongoing feedback. If you want to support the growth and future sustainability of Humans of Purpose, I encourage you to also join our Patreon community. To support us, just hit the link in our show notes or head to patreon.com slash humansofpurpose. This podcast was recorded in person in mid-March before COVID distancing restrictions went into full effect. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chris as much as I did. Chris, welcome, mate. So good to have you finally. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Glad we could arrange this. You have been referred in by the beautiful and wonderful Tina Quek. Yeah, she's awesome, Tina, yeah. Shout out yeah. to Quecky. I'm not sure if that's a nickname, but it should be. <laughs> uh, I like it. What do you think? We just created a nickname for her there. <laughs> you think she would mind Quecky? that? Quecky, I think she'd like that. <laughs> I think she'd like I that. she'd like that. Let's continue to roll with it. Um, either way, um, I'm here to talk about your wonderful journey. Um, you, you've been someone who's done something that I like to think that I've done a lot of in the past, which is have coffees with a shit ton of people. Yeah. And, um, I think you've been on a fascinating journey towards social connections. So love you to tell us a bit about your own journey um, and where you got to today and then maybe we'll start talking a bit more about all these coffees. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, for me, two and a half years ago, I guess if I take you back to there, I was kind of in a difficult relationship working in a job that probably didn't really align my values and I was kind of seeking connection. Like I've always been a person that's really valued human connection. I know everyone's name at the supermarket do you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not too every bad. supermarket, not every supermarket, but maybe my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of was really felt like I was felt disconnected from myself more than anything. And I was living with my best friend at the time. Um, he's now in Hong Kong, but it was great to be able to talk to him about this and be really open and honest and say, "Look, I'm feeling really disconnected. I really want to set some goals." And one of those goals was to meet a hundred new people. Um, and yeah, that was obviously something that really changed my life. Um, I guess that I had no idea when I had the first coffee that I'd be sat here talking to you about, you know, this 100 coffee project that's now. Yeah, or that you would have done 19 other talks in 2019 about doing all the yeah, coffee stuff. Right. Yeah, So yeah, it's, yeah. it's very interesting the way it breaks down. So I want to sort of talk a bit, a bit about like how you got to that. And, and for you, was it about expanding networks? Is it about discovering human connection with people you don't know? Um why didn't you just go to people you do know and have a hundred copies? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I think that it, it definitely wasn't about networking for me. It was really about finding out people's stories. 
I felt that I could learn from other people and really apply it to my own life. And I think that one of the things that I did after each coffee was I would write about my experience. So every Sunday I would go back and write, what did I learn from this person? How could I apply that to my life? And what was I grateful for? And I think when I did that for 100 weeks, it was really powerful. Um, I really wanted to be out of my comfort zone. I think one of my values and my fourth coffee asked me, you know, what are your personal values and how do they align with your <laughs> my career? Fourth coffee. <laughs> you, they've got a Steph, name, obviously. She has Steph. a name, Steph. Okay, yeah. great. We'll call her Steph. She doesn't mind being called coffee number Excellent four. pseudonym. Go by coffee order. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, when Steph asked me that question, like, how do your personal values align with your career? It was a really powerful time to ask me that question. And it made me really reflect on, yeah, learning other people's stories and the importance of just listening to other people and the things that you can actually take away from other people. And, yeah, it was a, it was an incredible journey for me that, that took me around the world also. I think that it was lucky it was during my MBA program. So I spent some time in the Philippines on an internship and spent some time at Cambridge Uni and carried on the coffees as well and met some incredible people from very different backgrounds to our own also. And, um, yeah, it taught me a lot about um, some inequalities in the world also, which is really interesting. So what were your selection parameters for this kind of project? Would you just pick people at random or did you have to have an un- hunch that they'd be an interesting person or what kind of had you decide who to talk to? Yeah, initially it was 10 companies I was interested in. So the first 10 coffees were, were 10 companies I was interested in learning more about. So I just used LinkedIn mostly. Mm. Towards the end I um, was starting to listen to more podcasts and mm. watching TED Talks and I'd reach out to the speaker or the person that, that was on the podcast and kind of say, you know, do you want to be Coffee 94, Mike? And people would say, yeah, sure, I'm happy to be part of this project. So as it gained a bit of was momentum. That, you found that to be an appealing uh, hook it, line? It was towards the end, mate. It was quite interesting. How would actually. you like to be Coffee number 94? Yeah, you know, it's quite a, could be a good line, though, for people to use. Um, <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, at, at the start, I probably had more no's and more no responses yeah. than, than yeses. So, Do you think that's because you got better towards the, the end at it? Or do you think that's because it takes a critical mass of people to go before you to social norm people and are saying, oh, this is not, look, 90 other people have done this, it's fine? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think uh, if someone reaches out to you randomly, people always think, oh, what does this person want? Um, And that's often an issue that I have with networking is that networking is often about what can we get from the other person rather than what can we actually learn from the other person and what can we actually um, give back to the other person as well and give first rather than going into a conversation and saying, I'm really trying to get a job in this industry. I'm going to try and, you know, get a connection out of this person. And a lot of networking advice is around that. Yep. Um, and even at university, they talk a lot about that. Like every person you meet for a coffee, you should try and get something out of them, another connection or. They say that at uni? Yeah. I mean, some of the networking advice Whoa. is given. Yeah. So, um, and I sat on a panel a few weeks ago, um, MBA Australia panel, where I was talking about the value of an MBA and. A lot of the conversation in the room was around that word networking and how, you know, really make sure you get something out of everyone. And I kind of said, look, if you really connect with people genuinely and you give more, I think you get a lot more out of it anyway. Yeah, I think that's a more Australian approach. I feel like the networking drive derives a bit from the American work system and that kind of who you know, connections, social leveraging clout, all that kind of stuff. Here it's like no one's floating to the top of the pile as much, it seems, by who they they golden handshake with. So I'd like to, I could be completely wrong, of course. But yeah, um, no, I think you're you're onto something there. Mm. I think that a lot of um, entrepreneurship and other norms follow the US as well. We kind of yep. see what's happening in Silicon Valley, for example, and say, oh, we really need to be like them. We need to hustle. We need to go and meet all these people for coffees and network with them, and you know, really maximize our day. And it's kind of like you said there. I think that we live in a very different environment here in this country, and we yep. have to acknowledge that also. And yeah. 
Absolutely. I wonder, I mean, you said you got a few things out of each person that you met for a coffee. Um, were the general kind of trends that emerged or general themes that emerged about people or insights from all these coffees? I think the biggest one was around values. Mm. I think the people that worked in jobs or were pursuing projects or whatever they were doing that aligned with their personal values, they were the happiest people. And they might not have been the people with the biggest salary or the best car or the biggest house or living in the nicest area, but they were the people that's, that were the happiest and they were quite open to talk about that. Um, the people that weren't in jobs or relationships that didn't align with their values, they didn't seem as happy. And it's amazing what some people shared with me also. Um, I remember a number of coffees talking about their relationship and quite personal yeah. uh, information. That was going to be my next question. Like yeah. what level of, um, you know, personalness do you get to yeah. with someone yeah. who's only met you the first time? Because that's a relevant question for me because yeah. often, I mean, you and I did have a coffee before, so, we you know, but that's a bit of a cheat for humans of purpose because <laughs> normally we haven't met till we get in here and sure. it's kind of my job to get a little bit deep and personal. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder kind of, what's with that? Does it sort of just come out of people? Is it? Does it depend on the person? Are you probing in a specific way? Yeah, I didn't probe. I think that it, it depends on the person. Mm. I think that people are often happier to share things with a stranger than with their friends or with their family because yes. they might be scared of yeah. judgment yeah. And, and they think, well, I'm never going to see this guy again. So yeah. I'm happy to talk to them about how, you know, I didn't want to move from New York because of my boyfriend, but I did eventually and then mm. ended up here. And Things like that, which which is a story that I was told. So, and that's a very personal story. That, yeah. that so people could kind of tell you stuff about them that maybe they wouldn't talk about at a normal coffee with someone they know. How, what about you and your own kind of uh, self esteem and morals? Like you must have had times where you thought, "I really like this person. I'd love to see them again." But are they just thinking of me as a one time coffee thing? And is that it? Yeah, yeah. Some of them, I some of them have become friends. I okay, mean, there are some of the hundred yeah. coffees that I do see quite a lot and. And still message quite a lot, and they've been really helpful to me, both career-wise and also advice-wise, and just, yeah, generally as friends. Yep. Some of them I have never seen again, of course, and I think that's human nature, right? I think Well, you also, like, just bandwidth, like, how many relationships can you maintain on top of your existing sort of yeah. relationships? Yeah, yeah, totally agree, yeah. totally agree. And how many, tell me percentages or, like, rough percentages, how many do you still see out of the 100? I think office? I probably talk consistently to about 25 of them, mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. probably a quarter. That's pretty solid. Yeah, and I think that um, of those, I would say 50 to 60% I could still reach out to and, and talk to, I think. And were you able to give them stuff? Because you talked about um, the idea of giving before kind of asking or maybe not even asking at all. Did you kind of feel that you were able to help these people in, in any ways? Some of them, yeah. I think I struggled at the start with that, to be honest. Um, I'd really just started my MBA. I didn't really... I was kind of trying to find my feet and where I really, what sort of impact I wanted to have, I guess. And towards the end, well, one thing I was able to do was was introduce people to other people. That's that's one thing that that's I really a, that's a big give. Network. I think yeah. that's the, one of the biggest yeah, um, sure. gives you can do if it's yeah. done well and you know smartly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think hmm. that I think that one of the one of the things that really helped me was the network that I got. So really, I wouldn't have met a hundred people. I probably met five hundred to be honest because. Someone would say, oh, you should meet Mike, you should meet Chris. Mm. I wouldn't include that in the coffees. That mm. was just an additional coffee for me. Um, that was more of a kind of a, yeah, that networking piece as well. So is the, now that the 100 coffees is completed more or less, like you've done that 100 coffees, yep. have you built that into your life as kind of as a, as a weekly thing? Like do you go, kind of go outside your own network regularly to try and continue to have new coffees? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, a, it's very important to me to carry on, um, particularly at the moment where, 
it's not a coffee face to face, but it's more of a a Zoom. Yeah, it's more of a Zoom coffee, which yeah. is that's okay. Or Google Hangouts, that's not bad as well. I feel very awkward about the whole situation. I mean, it's very easy to say to somebody, um, you know, we should catch up for a coffee. Yeah, and you know, generally most people would say yes, whether they intend to or not, because you know, like social rules and sure. whatnot. But um, to say to another person, "Oh, we should catch up for a Zoom," it almost feels like at yeah. the start it's more of a commitment because <laughs> it's kind of clunky and awkward. So yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. You're willing to be. Awkward with technology together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's an interesting time so yeah. that we live in. But it's very important for people at the moment to continue to guide of their own network and continue to check on people as well. Obviously, we're living in a, a really difficult situation for the world, um, never mind us here in Australia. And I think it's a real opportunity for people look in, to look inward as well and really reflect on yeah, their own values and, and yeah, how they can use those to connect with others and whether that's people they already know or whether that's people that they want to know as well. So, I mean, reflecting back on your odyssey or your quest for sort of more social connection yep. sort of following that um, breakup, did you find what you were looking for or did you find something very different? No, I I wasn't sure what I would find, to be honest. Um, I really had an open mind. Um I think that I was, I was, I guess I thought that I would discover things about myself and I did do that, but I think I discovered a whole lot more than that. I think that this project has led me to some really interesting work and I've met some really interesting people around the world as well. And I never anticipated any of that. So I think that really for me, it was just about being consistent, having one coffee a week for those hundred weeks and, and writing about it. And whatever came from that, I would try and, um, you know, really maximize with, take with both hands and, so, yeah, I think that I definitely did learn a lot about myself, but I didn't anticipate learning um, as much as I did, definitely, yeah. So would you recommend others do this? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, wait for a while. Do we, we can uh, – But you can have yeah, your coffee, definitely. you know, separately and connect over Zoom or whatever text available at the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I think that it's really powerful to meet other people and hear their story. Um, if people are going to do that. What what would be the key learnings in how to approach it and how to do it well? And maybe a different way to look at that would be what would you have done differently had you been starting out on a new 100 coffees now, given what you know? Uh, yeah, if I was starting out on a new 100 coffees, I think I'd go even more broad with the people that I met. I think I'd really try and go into really different industries that I definitely um, have no networks in. I was still... I guess through LinkedIn was still being connected to people that I had either one or two or three connections to, right? So you're still kind of within, you know, people that you know. I would really try and go a bit bit broader um, with that and really try and tick off different different industries and different types of people that have done different things. I think for people that are thinking about doing this, the main thing is, yeah, looking at this from a giving more perspective. Like, okay, I'm going to meet 100 new people. They're going to give me a lot, but what can I give them? And really applying that first and I think when you write that first message to somebody, it's more about asking them for advice or talking about something that they've done in their LinkedIn profile or really being quite curious about other people. And I think curiosity is a really important trait. I think curiosity and also specificity. So yeah. don't just be like, hey, I see you're a civil, civil engineer. That must be awesome. Can yeah. we catch up and talk about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Be more, you know, like yeah, what, was, what about that? I saw your project that? that you did, yeah. you know, university or, yeah, yeah, whatever whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or I've read this paper on civil engineering and, I, you know, I'd love to get your view on it or your advice. And it's amazing that that's the kind of, I guess, you go into it with that topic in mind, but the conversation is very rarely about that actually once, yeah. you, once you talk to the person. It's often just about life, 60, 65%, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, of course. And I mean, yeah. how much, how, like when you would meet these people for coffee, how much of it is just like about, life and both of you before you get to anything that was related to oh of course yeah yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely and and i even saw um 
you know, some advice for these for these Zoom meetings yep. that are going on at the moment. They give people that time that, that you know, 5% of the meeting is around just chatting about life before you go into the actual meeting. And yep. I think we do that face-to-face naturally anyway. We we come, you know, we we um we talk about what's happening in our life, what's happened in our day, and then we go into the more serious or, you know, the actual the, the topic of conversation. So, and often it's in those life learnings as well that's, that's more valuable. I think that, um, like I said before, many of the stories were so personal hmm. and people talked about relationships, they talked about work, they talked about things they weren't happy with and mistakes that they'd made. And that's not from the, you know, the actual topic of conversation about civil engineering, that's just about their life. And I think that was really powerful as well for me. Did you have, when you went into these conversations, like a formula for what you want to get out of it from them or like what do you want to know or what questions will you ask or did you go in more like free-form conversational and just wing it? Yeah, it was it was winged. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely winged. Um, there was no only the last couple of coffees. Really, I met um, Steve Samatino, who was one of my favourite TED speakers that I saw at TED Melbourne. So obviously, I wanted to talk to him about his TED talk, right, and about um, his what he what he spoke about at TED. So that was kind of there was a framework around that coffee, and I wanted to get out of that. But the others were, um, yeah, no, it was it was very winged, and the conversation went in many different ways. Did people like? Did anyone have a go at you about not being structured enough and winging conversations? Do you no. have anyone who's like, what do you want to know in particular? Like, you know, how people expect you to be yeah. over prepared for things. Yeah, sometimes I didn't really get that too much. Yeah. Um, the the only difficult, I'd say there was one out of the hundred that was a really difficult conversation, and and that's because the other person talked for eighteen minutes about themselves, and then the coffee lasted eighteen and a half minutes. So I was yeah, kind of that's like, rough. Yeah. So did you develop like any new conversational skills that you use now to kind of like improve the quality of conversations you're having? Yeah, definitely. One of the big things that I learned from the project was that I'm very extroverted and I can talk a lot, and sometimes that can be overpowering to other people. And a real reflection for me was to just listen more and also be silent as well and ask really good questions. You know, often we ask a question, it's quite surface level, the question, and someone will give us a, you know, an answer. And then we don't dive deeper into that answer. And I think that what a really good way to ask questions is to kind of follow up with that and think, oh, what did you think about that? Or what did you learn from that? Or or how can, yeah. yeah, You got to be like, Steve, that was a really shallow response. I can tell there's more to that. Yeah. Tell me me more about that. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah. And what did you learn, Steve? And and, and how did it make you feel? And then you get get the really deep answer and you get the really, the honest answer as well. And I think that that's, that's really a, a big learning for me was that I am very extroverted and can talk a lot. And sometimes that can be quite overpowering. So just, just bring that back a little bit and let them speak as well. And Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I think to me what's always been fascinating about conversations is that they you like you can either spend your life having the same sorts of conversations or you can get better at having conversations yep. and have better conversations. <laughs> yep. And I think not many people know that. Like they just kind of take it as a given that uh-huh. the way you relate to others will always be the same yeah. and it'll just be baseline. Yeah. Whereas, you know, what I've learned from the podcast a little bit is that it's a constant journey to figure out what did I do well, what did I not do well, did I learn enough from this situation, Yeah. Um, did I challenge the guest enough, yeah. did I make the guest feel comfortable enough yeah. or should have they been more on edge? Yeah. Uh, it's It's really like, quite layered and I think, you know, I think it I think it's, it falls into the bucket of things that I'd love to see people taught more at high school, university level. Mm. Like just, you know, you know how they don't teach the basics well and yeah. like co- having great conversations should be a class. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm. I think that um, – and conversations with, you know, you touched on something there that everybody's different also and the way that we speak to 
you know, to each other will be different to how we would speak to somebody else. And I think that that's really important to, to recognize that people are different. People have different triggers as well and finding those out. Um, I've been a football referee, a soccer referee for 18 years. And one of the key things about refereeing is that all 22 players are different yeah. and you can't speak to them all the same. And if you do, then you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And it's important to know who you can talk to in a certain way and who you can't talk to. And that when applied to my life also makes a lot of sense also. Yeah, well said. And I think the repetition of having these regular coffees and conversations with other people is what helps you improve. Like you can't, a lot of people, um, they read these, you know, management or self-help books, That's do cool. this, yep. do yep. this, do these five things to have an awesome like networking outcome or yep. do these 10 bullet points to enhance the quality of your day-to-day yep. connections. But, but you know, a lot of it's practice and self-reflection, right? Yeah, yeah sure, exactly. And I think, that's a lot about that we want quick fixes now that we want really we want those 10 self-help points and that's going to change our whole life but it takes time and anything good takes time and mm. and you really have to put the put that time in and that effort and have the open mind and the self-reflection and the ability to be curious to really learn and i think that it's a bit of a reflection on society at the moment that we really want quick fixes yep. and we really want to be we just want to tick that off what's the next thing now um, instead of really immersing ourselves into an experience and really getting the full like 360 degree learning that you get from that. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really pertinent time to raise that. And I'll just relate to you that, um, you know, this may come out in a few weeks when the, the, the pandemic yep. you know, restrictions for Corona are much more Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> severe than what they are now. Or not, or not severe. Um, yeah. If they lighten up, um, you know, the podcast will continue and that'll, yeah. that'll make me happy. Yeah. If things get a lot worse, um, there, there's that constant idea of like reverting back to a, a Skype type mm. of podcast. Uh-huh. And I know they think that Zoom and Skype are these fantastic panaceas for human connection, but I find that being in a room with someone and having that conversation is so much better for social connection than any digital technology at the moment. And I really wonder kind of for you, you know, people can't go out and actually have coffees in person. What, you know, is Zoom the next best thing? Like how much does that strip back kind of the, your mission and purpose to as part of your project? Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it strips it back in a big way. Yeah. I mean, I've talked a lot about the power of face to face connection specifically, not, um, necessarily human connection. Um, so I think that, uh, and we're a very social species, like you said, and we rely on face to face human connection to really thrive as a species. So this is a really challenging time. And I think that Zoom and Google Hangouts and whatever it is, FaceTime, Skype, whatever Skype, else. Yeah. Whatever medium we're going to use at the moment is, um, is necessary because people need to check in on family and we need to be following the social distancing um, rules as well. And that's fair enough for a health reason. I understand that. Um, but I think that when this does end, I think there'll, there'll be some significant issues around social isolation. We already have issues around loneliness and yeah. massive issues. You know, the Red Cross called loneliness an epidemic now. I mean, think about what that's going to be like at the end of this. I think oh, man, even for like people who are feeling fairly okay but yeah. rely each day like many of us do on those moments of social connection and human connection to kind of stay grounded stay well stay happy yeah um it's massively concerning not not to be able to have those um opportunities to just you know be near other people mm-hmm. found myself today you know like um went to the park twice went for coffee once and even going for coffee um, just to pick up a takeaway. I've got a machine here, but um, I chose to go out and get a takeaway just to be near, like 
human activity and other humans doing other things. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing about our species is that we're kind of we're wired to be around others. Yeah, definitely. And one of the great things that comes out of any really terrible um, time is that there's a lot of people doing some really awesome things and it's a really good time for society to reflect and humanity to reflect on our values. And this is something that affects the whole world also. It's not just here in Australia. It's not in one specific country. So it is an opportunity for us to say, you know, let's go back to our community. Let's go back to these social connections because it is so powerful. And I think everybody can see now how much we miss it. It's only been a few days here in Australia, yep. the, the recording of this, that we've had the isolation. Oh, man. And if, you, if you're a person who likes to spend time in, you know, if you think about how we spend our lives and how much of it's at home and maybe only it's, you know, 10 hours sleep plus yep. wake up plus dinner and all yep. that kind of jazz, yep. um, we're spending the rest of the time either in offices or publicly filled spaces full yeah. of people. But yep. you can't go out now and see, you know, people everywhere enjoying things or activities yep. and yeah, it's even it's, sport also sport. like sports gone like that's massive yeah. for people. It's, uh, it's it's significant that sports gone, and um, I wonder how long it will take to kind of recover. And I also think it'll be interesting. Like once all this blows over, there will just be an outpouring of humanism. Hopefully, ah, uh, that's what we want. Yeah. Do you do you think that'll be the case? I think so. I think this will be a big celebration once yep. this is once this is over. Yep. Um, and hopefully, yeah, not too many more people have to pass away or or get really sick. But before it does, I think it hopefully sooner rather than later, like we said before. But I think at the end of this, it'll be a really good time for us to say, let's go back to, to yeah, being human and really going back to those community roots that we have. Um, because this is against all of our, all of our um, instincts is to, yeah, to be socially distanced. Are you changing the way you operate in any ways to sort of elevate the amount of social or human connection you're experiencing, even remotely? Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I mean, one thing for me is a couple of my best friends live overseas anyway. So for me, it's Zoom and, and, and those tools are used quite regularly anyway, which is which is good. So still checking in with them and still doing the normal calls, but also doing a few more um, calls also that I would, wouldn't normally do. Um, I was lucky to speak at TED last year and I'm part of the TEDx speaker group, which is um, a group on Facebook. And I you know, have messaged a few of them on there and kind of got a bit of a movement going on there around connecting with each other um, and talking about our talks and our stories as well because there's some really interesting people in that group. And, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm if sure. they got up on stage and spoke at TED, they're generally very interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, it was, it was what was that like for your kind of um, your own journey, growth and profile as well? Yeah, look, it was, it was one of those experiences. Often people ask me about this and say, did it live up to expectation? And it was one of those experiences that did. Mm. It was a fantastic experience for me. I learned so much. I kind of went into that talk as a little bit of a, I guess, a nervous public speaker, but not too bad because I'm quite a confident person and, as I said, very extroverted. But the talk really helped me a lot to learn some really key public speaking skills. I met a lot of awesome people and being part of the TED communities, I was very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, from a profile perspective, of course, you get asked to speak a few more times after doing a TED talk, which is fine because for me, the biggest thing about this story is sharing it to have impact on others. Yeah. So that, that's maybe a good point to ask, you know, how do you plan to kind of like, um, escalate this or take this to the next level? I know it's a tricky time for anyone to escalate any kind of social yep. movement, but I'm curious what that looks like for you. Yeah. So still obviously doing quite a lot of speaking. Uh, which is great and talking about this project but we've now created a startup around um, the 100 coffee project so now called the 100 coffee movement so 
I met Simon Hahn, the co-founder at Melbourne Soup, which is a social impact meetup in Melbourne. So we'll give them a shout out. Um, I've got a, a couple of shout outs lately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> Chris Bennett. Um, so, yeah, so Simon and I met Melbourne Soup and Simon's was said he's really passionate about tackling loneliness also. And seeing the challenges that we have around loneliness, I felt there was a real opportunity for us to be able to develop some workshops and programs and work with some work with schools or work with universities and organizations. So that's what we're doing now. So we're using ev- um, positive psychology as our evidence base. So Simon has a master's of positive psychology. And yeah, really trying to impact as many individuals as we can, both from my story as a speaking about the story and sharing the story with the likes of Beyond Blue, who did a really nice article with me about the story and the mental health benefits of meeting new people. Um, and then the other perspective of doing these workshops and programs with schools and with, with universities and really, yeah. So so that's awesome. So you're going out to educate um, organisations, institutions and their people around how to form more social connections? Yeah, exactly. New ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and, cool. And the importance of, of those as well because I think that's one of the key things in our work is really awareness around why this is an issue and why it's going to become further an issue as well, never mind the things that are going on at the yeah. moment with the flu pandemic. I think that prior to that also, this is a huge problem and organisations have issues around mental health in the workplace. And There's an interesting duality to how you might frame it. I'm not sure how you do go, mm-hmm. but you can advise me. But, you know, there's obviously the the negative part of or, or, the, or the problematic side or yep. the mental health side yeah, yeah. Isolation, social isolation, mental health, depression. So doing this to um, reduce that. But there's also, I suppose, the, the positive psychology take, which might be, you know, this is about self-improvement, growth, um, you know, being your best self, learning more, yep. developing. Do you kind of – are you about illustrating the size of the problem or just the size of the benefits of the solution? Oh, definitely the benefits of the solution. Yeah. I think that that's really – yeah, you you touched all, on all of them there, and gratefulness is another one as well about being yeah. grateful. And yeah, I think that it really helps people to thrive when they when they can develop these human connections. So yeah, I think that they go hand in hand, though, right? I think that we we come across the whole spectrum of of mental health. I think human connection affects you whether you're thriving and everything is going really well in your life. You can always improve your connections. Equally, at the other end of the spectrum, someone who feels really lonely, they can also improve their human connections as well. So I think that there's a spectrum. Um, on that, and that's where we're trying to fit. We're trying to be quite broad. Um, we're not mental health specialists, right? We don't, neither of us have a background. For sure, in it, so. but it's interesting to see, you know, you team up with um, Beyond Blue. That's a really powerful collaboration. And then yep. I kind of wonder at the other end of the scale, you know, leadership development, like yeah. coaching, helping executives, yeah. you know, uh, helping business schools mm-hmm. teach their people how to network broader. Is that kind of on the horizon as well? Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to keep quite uh, – not narrow at the moment. We're trying to be quite targeted with what we're doing. So we're doing some work with a couple of the universities, which is great. Um, and there's only two of us at the moment. So for us to really build this out, we'd have to bring in more facilitators and, you know, really license a methodology or, which is something we, we could do in future for sure. So you're running a business, social enterprise, not for profit? Yeah. So social enterprise. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exciting. So, yeah. So you're looking to, will you be looking to source some funding? Yeah, definitely. If some funding would be great. Um, so we've applied for a Melbourne Accelerator program and we're part of YGAP Catalyzers Accelerator at the moment, which has been Produce really some good. fine people. Yeah. So that's really, it's been great to be part of a cohort as well, mm. which I think that, you know, I just finished an MBA and one of the best things about the MBA was the cohort. Again, it's all about people for me and, and connections, right? Um, there's a bit of a theme, but I think that again, with YGAP Catalyzer, it's all been about the cohort and 
there's some amazing people working on some really great ideas and yeah, it's, um, I bet they all want to collaborate with you as well. Yeah. How do do you kind of stay focused? Because I imagine that, you know, being, you've got a couple of cohorts going now. Yeah. Um, there's a fine line between like friendly collaboration and time wasting because there's not that strong alignment. (laughs) How do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. I think that, um, you've really got to stick to what you're trying to do, really set some goals and be really clear around that. And that's where Simon's been really great for me uh, as a co-founder. He's really structured. He comes from a management consulting background and yeah, really strong in that area and really keeps me on track. I'm quite visionary sometimes and think about wanting to work with, you know, everybody. Yeah. He's just like, Chris, just calm down and also don't go for those five coffees you have booked in next week. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Unless they're going to help us. Yeah. But um, no, I think that, it's true, and and I think that it's a thing in in social impact is that it's really important to really focus on the impact and getting things done, and collaborations are also really important. There's obviously there's a double edged sword with this, right? I think that it's important to collaborate because we can have a greater impact, but also it's important to sometimes reflect on and say, well, what are we actually trying to achieve, and how are we going to achieve that impact, and really sticking to that and staying focused is really, I think that's a really key thing. Yeah, um, focus is, is critical. And I think if you don't learn that from the accelerator programs, then they're not teaching anything of the right stuff. Totally. Because um, it's just, you know, the, the more I think progress you get in your career, it's managing priorities and focusing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But also, you know, I think a really good thing that you've got going for yourself and with your direction is your the fact that you're very relationships focused is is a huge tick for you that you'll, you'll always okay. have because a lot of people can't get that. Mm. So, so that might, yeah. that might be an amazing, um, you know, CFO or something or a, yeah. a great task delegator, yeah. but no one likes them because they can't they don't know people. Knowing yes. people is really important. Yeah, no, totally agree. Mm. Yeah, it's all about relationships and and genuine authentic authentic relationship. We yeah. use that word authenticity, right? Yeah, I, I think that uh, and it's overused, but I think that being genuine and being you know true to your values in, in your relationships is really important. And when a relationship isn't true to those values, that that you know something's wrong, also. Absolutely. Um, so could you, you know, you have a lot of conversations and a lot of coffees. How else do you do your learning? Are you a uh, reader, or a podcast listener, a website um, fre- frequenter? Yeah, so I was lucky to be in formal education until very recently. So the MBA program kind of gave me a lot of uh, a lot of reading and a lot of knowledge about different areas of business that can be applied to social impact, which is the reason that I did an MBA. Um, I think that, of course, I'm listening to to your podcast as well and, and a big fan. So, um, yeah, definitely get my podcasts in and, and listen to Cambridge Judge Business School podcast and The Economist and, and a couple of others also. I have been trying to read more. I had a lot of reading for university, which kind of took up yeah. a lot of my time. Um, but, yeah, trying to read a lot more. Uh, Winners Take All is a great book. I think that that book is. I wonder if that's um, on the shelf. Who's that by? Um, Anand Giardaris. Okay. Yeah. Recommend it? Yeah, I do recommend it, yeah. I'm reading a terrific book at the moment on negotiation. Oh, really? Uh, it was Which one? one of the, it's one of the more popular ones on uh, Audible, so can't remember. I might just have a quick look for the name now, actually. Yeah. But it's um, it's been really like some of the stuff that's come out of it has been really, really interesting. It's yeah. Never split the difference. Never um, split the difference. Negotiating as if your life depended on it. And <laughs> see, you know, this is an FBI hostage negotiator guy, and I always thought I was pretty good at negotiating. Till I read some of this and realized that other people were using these tactics on me. On and you, I was yeah. just, I was really nearly submitting. And then I'd go home and say to my wife, Oh, I had a great conversation today at work. I think I really nailed that. And like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, didn't. No, you didn't. 
had nailed it. They were you using the tactics on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the way around. Yeah. So I, I quite like those books that are, you know, like there's a limit, but yeah. I think, sure. you know, one in every five books, if that's like a how do you get better at doing this book, yeah. is a really good sort of mix. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what are you doing to kind of stay kind of, um, you know, your focus area is definitely like um, – uh, mental strength and flourishing and all that kind of jazz. How do you, in a confined time like this, you know, do you have anything that you're doing to kind of stay, um, stay well, stay jacked, stay happy? Yeah, my sticking to a routine is really important. Yep. I think we've all we've all just lost our routines, so everyone being asked to work from home, it's obviously a challenging time for people. Um, so routine is really important. Getting up at the same time. Um, I do a lot of writing and journaling is really important to me and it started really with the 100 Coffee Project and it carries on now. Um, it's a really important time to be able to self-reflect. Um, eating well, all of those things. M- minimizing too much um, news I think is important at the moment. I think that we, yeah, can, we'll we can watch way too much news about this. I mean, there's only one thing on the news at the moment and we can read every – there's too many articles that you could read about this. So I think having a time limit on the news or – Saying after five o'clock, I'm not, or whatever time it is, I'm not going to watch anymore, uh, is really important also. And having some time to, to be, yeah, to think in your own mind rather than have, yeah, all these other things going on because it's a very difficult time and mental health is, is so important to everybody in this time. Yeah. I wanted to finish up by just asking you whether you have more faith in hum- humankind now as a result of this and kind of what do you think about how people are now? as opposed to before maybe if you want to just leave leave us with an insight. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, human can't, yeah. So so obviously I think this brings out the best and the worst in people this, this sort of time. And I think that we've seen some fantastic things in communities. I was talking to my grandparents on the phone. Uh, they live in the UK and they were talking about how the next door neighbour had been around to ask them if they needed any help. People had dropped leaflets through the door with their phone number on to ask them if they needed help. So I think that this really um, brings out the best in, in humanity. Equally, we've seen the other end of the spectrum with panic buying of uh, toilet roll. And, you know, I know you talked about that um, in, a, in a different You podcast, can have one if you like. Yeah, you thank you, actually. Go. I was hoping to get yeah, one tonight. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. <laughs> um, and, you know, 20,000 people at Bondi Beach. So when we've been asked to isolate. So I think that, um, yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely both sides. But I do have – I'm a very positive person. I really do have faith in, in humanity. I think that we'll be able to bounce back from this, and I think that hopefully it brings us back to some of our community values and really looking after each other and being, being a bit kinder to each other. That's what I'd like to see. That's a really nice place to maybe end. Maybe can you tell us um, how people can, can connect with you if they want to learn more about your work and also where they can sure. find uh, your website and whatnot? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, so Chris Hope on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with anyone and meet anyone for a coffee or a Zoom coffee at the moment. Um, 100coffeemovement.com is our website and that will have all of our updates and all of our information on what we're up to. But LinkedIn is the best way to, to get me. Terrific, mate. Well, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word-of-mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com.